Happy Valentine's Week. A whole week. <laughs> Last night we had a great time. The campus ministry went down to Irvine, uh, down the Orange County Church of Christ. Got to go to a dance down there. It was amazing. Um, I had a great time. They had like uh, it was the theme was Casino Royale, so they had the dancing. They had the DJ. They had like poker tables and twenty one tables set up. I lost all my money. They gave us like a thousand dollars in chips to play around with, and I guess the winner, the person with the most chips at the end of the night, got a hundred fifty dollar gift card. But they told me I wasn't allowed to win, so I just bet it all. And my wife's money too. I bet her money too. So. But it was a great time. It was a great time last night with the campus ministry. Um, you know, they all looked great. I'm sure there'll be some pictures on Facebook. Um, yeah, it was great. You know, the title of the message this morning is, What's Your Watering Source? What's your watering source? Where do you go for satisfaction? Scientists say that a healthy person can actually go without water, can, excuse me, can go without food, for up to eight weeks, as long as they have water. I wouldn't try it, but they can go, to, go up to eight weeks without food as long as they have water. But you take, a wa take water away. That healthy person will be lucky to live five days, and that's in the perfect climate. You know, water is necessary. There's no surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise for us. When Jesus calls a relationship with him and a relationship with God, living water. Uh, open up your Bibles this morning to John chapter 4. We're going to be pretty much spending our entire time here. Uh, we'll go a couple other places, but uh, you'll want to bookmark it. John chapter 4. Let's pray before we read God's word. Father God, thank you for this day and for everything that you give us, God, and uh, just the, the chance to be able to come here and worship you. Lord, thank you for, for being here this morning. Lord, I pray that as we're looking in to your word this morning, Lord, that your word speaks to us. Lord, I pray that you, you speak through me, that you take me out of the way, and it's your words that come out. Love you so much. In your son's name I pray. Amen. We're in John chapter 4. Verse 4. Now he, Jesus, now Jesus had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sishar, Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy some food. And the Samaritan woman said to Jesus, You are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus, he's on his journey. He's tired. He's thirsty. He wants some water. He wants a drink. He shows up at Jacob's well, and this Samaritan woman shows up, and Jesus asks her for a drink. Jesus is, just wants some water, and she brings up some social issues. Hey, we're not supposed to be talking. Hey, I'm an outcast. 
I'm a Samaritan. You know, right away, it's easy to relate to the woman. You ever felt like an outcast at anything? Like you don't belong? You know, you could actually be here this morning kind of feeling that way, like I'm an outcast, like I am too bad of a person to come to church. I know I felt that way myself, like I don't even deserve to come to church. I'm going to hurt the faith of the people in that church if I show up. Maybe you came to church because someone bribed you with food afterwards. You know, but it's okay. No matter how you got here, I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. If you feel like an outcast, that's okay. Jesus spent time with this outcast, this outcast woman, and she has a great story that we're going to read about. You know, I love in, uh, after she brings up this social issue, Jesus kind of goes off the wall with this statement. He says, hey, if you knew who you were talking to, if you knew who I was, you would actually be asking me for water. Okay, Jesus, that's a, maybe a little weird. Okay, but it piqued her interest. She wanted to know more. Verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And drank, rough, drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds. And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Jesus tells her she has a choice on what watering source she goes to. It's the same choice that we have today. He says, behind door number one, this is door number one, this chair. You've got the well water. I've already taken a sip of it. My, I was getting a little dry. My mouth was getting a little dry. you got the well water. And he says, you can have it. It's there. It's always going to be there. But guess what? You're going to be thirsty again. It'll satisfy you for a short while. But if you don't drink this again within five days, you know, there's going to be some trouble. You're going to be thirsty again. He says, so you can have this door number one. He says, door number two. I'll show you guys later. You don't get to see it yet. You got to stick around. Door number two, he says, I'm the only one that has this water. It's a living water. It's from me. I can give it to you. And get this. You will never be thirsty again. It will completely satisfy you. You will have eternal life with the water that I'm going to give you. I mean, when you hear it put that way, it's like you would be crazy not to choose door number two. Un, you know, unquenched thirst versus never be thirsty again. And that's the option that Jesus gives this woman. You know, but for us, too many of us, it's easy, it's so easy to go after option number one, the first option. We go after the things that bring the short-term satisfaction and still keep us wanting. Why? 
This morning, I want to ask that question. What is your watering source? Do you go to God for satisfaction? Or is there another well that you're currently drinking from, hoping for satisfaction? That satisfaction that only God can bring you. You know, it's easy to say, door, I want door number two. That's very easy to say. The woman says it, but let's see what happened to her afterwards. Verse 15, chapter 4. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father near on, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he'll explain it all to us. He'll explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, I, he, I who speak to you am he. He tells her about the water. But before he can give it to her, he says, let's have a little talk. Let's get honest for a second. You want door number two? I think everybody does. It's going to have to start with getting honest. That's point number one. You got to be honest with where you're at. Be honest with what your water source is. Are you still thirsty for something other than God? Got to ask yourself, where have I been going for satisfaction? And I just want to warn you that if you want door number two, you have to answer this question. There's no way around it. Not to embarrass you, Jesus isn't trying to embarrass us. He wasn't trying to embarrass the woman. He had something for her. But he also knew that a couple changes needed to happen in her life. And that's the same for any of us. If we want door number two. The woman, she had five husbands and one live-in boyfriend. She went to relationships. What do you go to? I think sometimes we go to relationships, that's easy. We go to work. You know, if I just get that promotion, I'll be happy. I'll be satisfied. We look for better pay, maybe in other places, like, oh, if I just had more money, I'll be so much happier. Surely I'll feel better about myself if I'm paid more. I'll be happier. We go to hobbies, and we drown ourselves in hobbies. You know, and the thing is, we all need these things. We, we do need work. We need relationships. We need things to, for hobbies. But 
The question we got to ask is, do we rely on these things to bring the satisfaction to us that only God can bring? we got to be honest with ourselves about that. Maybe it's sinful things that you go to. Alcohol. I know for myself, that was one of those things that I would go to for satisfaction. Alcohol. It never works, but we go to it. Drugs, pornography. You don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 27, 20, it says, Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are the eyes of man. You know, see, the world paints this inaccurate picture. It says, you'll be satisfied. That's it. It stops there. You will be satisfied. It doesn't tell you the end of that statement. It doesn't say the but. If you have that relationship, you'll be satisfied. If you could just look like this, well, not like me, but somebody attractive. If you could look like that, you'll be satisfied. Get a gym membership, you'll be satisfied. Dress different, you'll be satisfied. If you had this phone, I just switched to the Galaxy 3, away from the iPhone. I'm pretty satisfied. We are a divided household in the Hawkins house now. You know, if I had this video game system, campus, singles, teens, and some marrieds. If I had this car, if I had this much money, I'll be satisfied. See, the world doesn't tell you this. It says you'll be satisfied, and that's true. You'll actually be satisfied. But it's only going to be for a short while. You'll be back later, wanting more. You see, the world makes its money on eventual customer dissatisfaction. And we fall for it every time. Every time. I tried to go three years without, a, you know, without upgrading my phone, and I just couldn't do it. I was not satisfied with my iPhone anymore. You know, I just got back from Georgia. It was a really good trip for me to be able to go visit my granddad. Um, you guys can be praying for him. He's, um, you know, he has emphysema and just not doing well. And it was uh, really good for me to go back and visit him. And I was talking to my mom, and she was, we were just, we were just talking around the table. That's kind of what my family does. They sit around a table, drink coffee, and talk. That's about it. And we were talking about food, and she was telling me about Snickers. She reminded me that when she was pregnant with me, that was like her addiction. Snickers candy bars. Um, anybody that knows me, that knows my favorite candy, knows that Snickers is my favorite candy. To this day. It's like my little guilty pleasure. Snickers and a Coke. And I'm just so happy. I get so happy by that. They make Snickers for Valentine's Day, and I, it's not really required, but I just bought it because it's like an excuse to buy it. But there's a lot in here. If anybody wants some, you can have some. There's, yeah. But you know what Snickers' slogan is? Snickers satisfies. It says it on here. Snickers satisfies. But don't you always want another one? It doesn't satisfy. 
We fall for that trick every time. You know, if we're going to go to door number two, we got to be honest. What watering source are you going to for satisfaction other than God? The next thing that happens, and this is the hard part. This is actually the hard part. Being honest, that's actually pretty easy. It's this next step that's challenging. Is you got to leave the water jar behind and then tell somebody about it. Go down to verse 28 in chapter 4. Verse 28 says, Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town, and they made their way toward him. You know, leaving something behind, especially something that's satisfying to you, it's tough. I mean, you'd be lying to yourself if you said it was easy. It's tough. If it's easy, it wasn't satisfying you. But it's necessary. And just because you left the bar, or j the, um, the jar, excuse me. <laughs> or the bar. But just because you left the jar one time, doesn't mean that you've left it recently. Doesn't mean you're doing it now. I got a question for anybody that's been a disciple any period of time. Have you picked up anything new looking for satisfaction? Or even worse, are you going back to that same old thing looking for satisfaction, whatever it was? We are in constant need of this step, of leaving it behind and telling someone about it. And it's tough. You know why it's tough? Because it takes faith. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Now Jesus says he has a great plan, but you've got to trust that. You've got to have faith. You know, for myself, that was one of the hardest parts for me. I was studying the Bible to become a Christian. And I had this job that required me to work 60 hours a week, um, Sundays, pretty much give my life to this job. And not everyone has to go through and, and has the same mindset that I had, to, I had during this time. But for me, I just knew that I couldn't have God and this job at the same time. I just couldn't. Now, not everyone has to go through that. But for me, that was one thing that I was going to for satisfaction. I enjoyed that job. You know, but it required so much of my time. And I had to leave it behind. God blessed me with many other things, but it wasn't without, you know, it was up until the last moment that God ended up changing things and giving me a better job. But I first had to leave it behind and then just have faith that he's going to give me something else. What's holding you back from leaving it behind? You know, the serious people, like this woman, the serious people, they not only leave it behind, they go tell somebody about it. I love that about this woman. Let me ask you, who in your life knows what you're trying to change? Who knows what you're trying to leave behind? 
Do you even know? That's step one. We're still in, we're in step two now. But if you haven't told them, why not? Don't be scared of a little accountability. I mean, we are talking about door number two here. We're talking about satisfaction. Your thirst is going to be quenched. We're talking about eternal life. You know, you can risk being held accountable for that. You know, but truth is, we're scared to tell people sometimes what we're trying to change because that's what's going to happen. That means they're going to watch me. They're going to see if I change. I know if I tell my wife I'm trying to change something, she will be on me and make sure I change that. And I'm so thankful for that. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Keep your spot in John 4. We'll be back. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this, or we have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make, you, make clear to you. Paul's writing to the church in Philippi and he tells them, the reason that we go back to the old jar is because we lack humility. I also like straining towards what's ahead when he says that. I think intensity. He says that it takes maturity and a mature thought process to see that God has something planned for you. Because the reason that most of us don't want to give something up is because we're scared of control. We're scared of God taking control in our lives. Or, or maybe we're scared of somebody telling us what to do. You know, but what we have to see and what we have to learn is God doesn't want to control us. He says there is a prize. It's behind door number two. It's eternal life. It's, it's going to quench your thirst forever. But you can't hold the prize and still be holding on to the old water jar. You've got to leave the old water jar behind. But that takes humility. That takes some intensity. It takes you to ma mature in your thinking if you're not there. And I love the end of verse 15 where he says, God will help you with that point of view. That's one of those prayers that God always answers. You ask for humility. You ask God to point things out to you in your character. I promise you, if you pray that prayer, he will answer the pr that prayer. If you're wondering if God exists, pray that prayer and he'll show himself to you. He's done it to me on numerous occasions. We got to remember that God has something for us and he's dying to give it to us. But we got to drop the old bucket or the current bucket that we're going to for satisfaction. We got to stop going to this water source. If we're going to change water sources, 
We got to get honest. We got to leave the water jar behind. And then point number three, we got to spend time in God's word. Go back to John chapter four. Look at me in verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, she said. Now when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. If we're going to change the water sources, we've got to spend time in God's word. You know, I love it that they invited Jesus to hang out. The Samaritans, the outcast, invited Jesus to hang out, and he spent two days with them. I mean, imagine what that would be like to hang out with Jesus for two whole days. I mean, I'm not even going to try to describe it to you because it's, I think it's indescribable. So imagine what that would be like to spend two days with Jesus. What I love is what happened is they believed. You see, the Word of God is true. The Word of God is accurate. It's applicable. It's got answers to those, those questions that we go to for, to quench our thirst. The Word of God answers those questions. Guys, the Word of God is what's behind door number two. You know, and if you're imagining what it's like to spend two days with Jesus, we have that opportunity now, every day, because his words are recorded. We get to read about Jesus. We get to read about God's thoughts. You know, but I got a question. When is the last time that you drank deeply from the word of God? When's the last time that you went to him as your living water source, that you walk through door number two, looking and knowing that this is what's going to satisfy you, that relationship with God. You know, if we're made by God, and we're made for God, wouldn't it just make sense that he would be the only one that would know how to satisfy us? It just makes sense. We got to stop going to what doesn't satisfy and go to this relationship with God. I want to close in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55 verse 1, it says, Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. It says, come all who are thirsty. Who's it talking about? Those who are honest enough to say that they are thirsty. Truth is, we all need it. 
But are you honest enough to say it and acknowledge it? To say that the world isn't quenching my thirst anymore. I need to go this way. Doesn't matter what travel, what road you've traveled, what sin that you've committed. It says everyone is invited. The choice is up to you. It says, why spend money on what does not satisfy? Isn't that so true? I mean, going after satisfaction can be expensive. It says, stop wasting our time. Stop wasting our money. Leave the old bucket behind. Leave that watering source there and go towards this watering source. Go towards door number two. It says, have courage, have humility, have intensity, and have faith. God has something better for us than we can ever imagine. It says, listen to him, spend time in his word. It's the living water, it's the only water source that will truly satisfy us. And I love how it says, your soul will delight in the richest affair. That's the only thing that's going to delight our souls, is spending time in God's word. Amen. Let's stand as we close with one final song.